Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking to uh, Bernie Marino, who is a businessman in the greater Cleveland area, but is also out there getting out and getting the word out on Issue 1 to vote yes on Issue 1 to safeguard Ohio's Constitution. And he's been participating in rallies across the state and meeting with groups of people and conservatives to urge them to get out and support uh, Issue 1 on August 8th. Now, folks... Uh, we just have a few days left before this election, as this is now the first week of August. So next Tuesday is the election. We encourage you to get out and vote yes on Issue 1, and it's a very tight race. Recent polls on uh, Friday showed it as 42-41%, 42 in favor, 41 against Issue 1, with 16% undecided. That was the Ohio uh, University Northern University poll. We find that polling to be very accurate. Uh, that, that poll also had a very telling uh, report that 53% approved of the proposed ballot abortion ballot measure for November of uh, those polled of the 675 people that they polled. Uh, but we find this polling to be very accurate. We need to get the word out on August 8th to get out there and vote yes on Issue 1, which will again raise the threshold to 60% for any uh, proposed constitutional amendment change to the Ohio Constitution. Uh, we should have done this some years ago. We've been talking about this for some time, and now is the time to do it. Uh, we worked through the legislature during the first part of this year, uh, actually since the beginning of January on to May 10th is when the legislature finally approved it for the ballot in August, and now we've had a very short campaign to get out there and encourage people to vote in this special election of August 8th. Now, there has been a number of people who have voted early, and if you intend to vote early, you can still still do that in person and go to the Board of Elections and cast your ballot. Uh, of course, Election Day is preferable for a lot of conservatives, including myself and my wife. We'll be voting next Tuesday, and uh, we're going to be throwing the switch to vote yes on Issue 1. All the information is on our website at ohioca.org, or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. We have an informative handout on that page on Issue 1. In fact, you'll also be able to see the proposed ballot uh, information, the actual language that you'll be voting on and supporting uh, come August 8th, next Tuesday. So we, we are full disclosure at the Ohio Christian Alliance. We want to give you all the details and hold nothing back. You'll also find some other helpful links on the website as well, and that latest polling is listed there as well. But with me on the phone is our good guest, uh, Bernie Marino, again, who's out there stumping on Issue 1 and talking uh, conservative issues with Ohioans all across the state. In fact, there's going to be a rally. Let me share with you that. Those of you in Union County, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, Bernie Marino, Mike Gonadakis of Ohio Right to Life, uh, Carrie Lake will be there, and other special guests. It's called Farm, uh, Summer Farm Fest. And that is that the Union County Republican Party, uh, that's next uh, Sunday, August 6th. And so the admission is free, and it starts at 3.30. And let's see, the the, uh, the information is on our Facebook page, but the, where it's going to be held is Wolford Maskell Road in Marysville. 
So uh, maybe Bernie will tell us a little bit more about that. Bernie, welcome to the program. Well, Chris, thank you for having me. I'm, call- I'm calling in today from uh, Columbiana, Ohio, from Firestone Farms. If you haven't been out here, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, beautiful, beautiful spot here. So uh, beautiful day, beautiful part of the country, and really excited to talk to you today. Well, thank you, Bernie. In fact, last Saturday also you were just outside of Columbus in Licking County uh, at a farm there that was having a rally. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we had Cash Patel out. Uh, we had probably about 250 people talking about issue one, talking about the issues that are at stake that are coming up, not only this year, but next year, of course. And always, as you know, uh, Chris, striking an optimistic view, because I do think despite all the things that you read and the uh, very uh, reasonable uh, belief that this country is going in the wrong direction, that I think with our efforts, with everybody putting the oar in the water a little bit harder, that we're going to get this country back and we'll be on the right track come 2025. But it's going to be a bumpy ride between now and then. Well, that's right. You are a candidate for the U.S. Senate, and you will uh, be uh, challenging in the primary uh, for the nomination, the Republican nomination for the Senate candidacy uh, for next year's election. Sherrod Brown, a very liberal Democrat, is currently in office. Uh, most polls show him very vulnerable. So uh, the whoever wins the Republican nomination will have a good chance of knocking off Sherrod Brown. Tell us a little bit about uh, your opponent, Sherrod Brown. Yeah, I mean, he he would be a senator that you would imagine represents Massachusetts very well. Uh, so he's with uh, Ed Markey, Elizabeth Warren, Vermont, Bernie Sanders. Uh, he certainly does not represent Ohio values. His voting record is even, in a lot of ways, more liberal than them. Unlike somebody like Tim Ryan, who will do or say anything to get elected, the reality is Sherrod believes these very uber-progressive ideas are the right direction for the country. And again, it's not representative of what Ohio is. He doesn't represent Ohio values. Been there way too long. Been in elected office his entire life. And it's one thing you know, Chris, is that these career politicians in Washington, D.C., is exactly why we have this problem. We need people to go there to serve their country and then come home and not make it a lifetime career. We're talking with Bernie Marino. He is a candidate for the U.S. Senate in the Republican primary of 2024. Uh, And the clock is ticking quickly uh, here in midsummer 2023. But uh, right now you're availing your services to get out there and support Issue 1. Tell us about that. Uh, Of course, tell us also about the rally on Sunday. Yeah, so the rally on Sunday is going to be amazing. We'll have Jim Jordan there. Myself, I'll introduce Carrie Lake. Uh, she's going to come out here, get everybody uh, pumped up to get ready to vote for issue one. Uh, you know, what's nice is it's going to be two days before Election Day, Chris. And as you know, it's all about turnout. If our voters turn out at the ballot box, we will win and win big. So there can't be any excuses. Vote early. Um, if you need to, vote on Election Day. Encourage your friends, your kids, your neighbors. They got to come out and vote. We got to mobilize. That's what this event on Sunday is going to be talking about. And then we're, we're working on maybe having a surprise event on Monday morning, uh, the day before Election Day, sometime in Northeast Ohio. Uh, don't have the uh, information on that one to announce yet, but uh, that one's uh, 90% of the way there. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, in fact, last night you were at CBR, the Cauga Valley Republican Club, and I understand it was a packed house last night. Uh, you were there talking about issue one. Tell us about last night. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, Bob France did a great job, got a standing ovation, no surprise. Uh, Jane Timken did a great job. 
Uh, so we, we're out there rallying the troops. What we're really doing now, Chris, is everybody who was there was going to vote yes on issue one. Uh, they understood the need. We're working on how do you explain it to your friends, your conservative friends, in a quick and simple manner. And that was the focus of last night's rally, a standing room only, a lot of energy. So if that energy continues and we can maintain that for the next week, we'll win on issue one. That's right. Uh, the momentum is heading our way, but again, we need everybody to get out there. I was at a church on Sunday morning. I was given the opportunity to talk about Issue 1, and people came and got the Ohio Christian Alliance bulletin insert on Issue 1. Uh, and again, churches all across the state are waking up to the importance of this, because if we're not successful, then the November abortion ballot proposal will wipe out all of Ohio's pro-life laws, but it also uh, will... Uh, leave vulnerable Ohio's Constitution going forward. The radical left already has ideas of going to the ballot next year with a Second Amendment restriction uh, proposal. Uh, the Cleveland mayor talked about, in the aftermath of the terrible shooting that took place in downtown Cleveland a few weeks ago, that he wanted to see uh, restrictions on handguns uh, and wanted to see it placed on the ballot. Uh, you know, it's not about the guns. It's about the people that are breaking the law. Your thoughts on that, Bernie? Yeah, I mean, obviously, they're not serious people. We should be talking about crime control, not gun control. But relative to issue one, I agree with something you said in the intro very much, Chris, which is this is just a good government common sense measure. Uh, if we were in, a, a, in an environment where people just really just studied the issue instead of getting hyper-partisan, they'd realize it's just good old-fashioned common sense. And, of course, the reason this has to happen now is because, unlike a few years ago, the extreme left has an unbridled imagination of ridiculous ideas. Uh, even the things that we're talking about today, Chris, that are issues that we face, sexualizing children, performing transgender surgeries, these are not things we talked about five years ago. These were things that 95% of Americans would agree. You don't do that to a child. Uh, but uh, here we are. Uh, so I wouldn't even think about what could possibly come because none of us are as unbridled uh, with evil creativity the way the extreme left is. So what we have to do is we have to set common sense guidelines that say, let's do things the proper way and not change the Constitution at every whim. That's really what next Tuesday is all about. That's right, and we can see that the Chamber of Commerce is supporting Issue 1, the Ohio Buckeye Firearms Association, the NRA, uh, the Ohio Restaurant Association, the Ohio Farm Bureau is supporting Issue 1, the NFIB, the uh, Association of Small Businesses across the state of Ohio. Uh, of, a lot of pro-lifers are supporting Issue 1. In fact, all of my pro-life leaders across the state are supporting Issue 1, and conservative groups across the uh, the state, including Tea Party leaders as well. They understand the importance of safeguarding our Constitution against radical proposals that the political left folks have planned for this state, and it just starts with the radical abortion proposal that they're putting on the November ballot, and it will be followed by uh, other restrictions on our Second Amendments and farming restrictions. When we look in uh, uh, in Europe and other places where they're restricting farming uh, under the guise of climate change. Uh, we're talking about real radical things here that will affect our everyday lives. Uh, Bernie, I mean, the political left has no bounds as to where they want to go with their uh, terrible theories and what, what they want to propose on others and what they want to really dictate to others. Your thoughts? 
Yeah. It, it, again, you would never, you could not, never possibly imagine the policies that they're pushing today, even five years ago, because again, our minds don't think that way. We have to have a foundational document that doesn't change with the whims of time. And again, if this wasn't politicized, if you just took took a step back and looked at it from an apolitical perspective, it would be common sense to say, hey, here's the proper way to change a foundational document that was around before we were born and will be around long after we're dead. Uh, it should have a common sense way. It's not a simple majority. It's just a plain majority. 60% is a plain majority. 50, 50 plus one is too simple of a majority. And it's certainly not a super majority like the U.S. Constitution, which is 75%. So I think it's a good government measure in any kind of other environment. It would pass very simply. And uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, that uh, people in Ohio will get this message loud and clear, show up at the ballot box, and make sure that they vote yes on issue one. We're talking with Bernie Marino. He's a Cleveland businessman, but he is also a candidate for U.S. Senate, and he's getting out there and stumping yes for issue one. Well, you're not alone. Congressman Jim Jordan says vote yes on issue one. Our, our U.S. Senator... Uh, J.D. Vance is saying go, vote yes on issue one. Uh, state uh, state uh, uh, Secretary of State, vote yes on issue one. Our state treasurer, our state auditor, uh, even our attorney general all get out there and vote yes on issue one. So this is so important when we think about what's happening to the state of Ohio. We're a conservative state, like you said, and your opponent, uh, Sherrod Brown, is very liberal and people are beginning to understand that, and it's starting to affect him in the polls when they start to see that he supports the radical agenda of the Biden administration. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that, uh, how you see things shoring up, uh, facing off against Sherrod Brown. Well, like I said earlier, Chris, he isn't just somebody who says these things for political expediency. He believes these really bad ideas. So he's somebody who believes these radical ideas, uh, and uh, people are now uh, clearly saying that he's not the moderate that people believe him to be. That's right. He doesn't align with Ohio values, and he's starting to understand that, that he is really vulnerable uh, in the 2024 campaign. So let's talk about Washington, because there's so much going on with the investigations and the hearings that Congress is holding. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin McCarthy is keeping his pledge and promise to the conservatives within his party, and he's holding in the Judiciary Committee uh, really incredible hearings that's divulging the Biden crime family's operations as they were basically receiving bribes in the millions of dollars. I mean, I can't believe we're saying this, Bernie, when we think about a former U.S. vice president, even when he was senator and then vice president and now is president. His son, Hunter, of course, uh, is a personal train wreck, but this man is guilty of many uh, of felony crimes, and yet he's getting a soft-touch pass by the FBI that's certainly been corrupted both the Justice Department and the FBI. Most Americans are seeing this. They're very concerned about what they see happening in their country. They see two levels of justice in this country. They see uh, President, former President Trump being hounded by this same Justice Department. It really looks like third world politics that has come here to America. And many, many Americans are alarmed by what they see and very concerned. Your thoughts? Well, Chris, as you know, it's very sad because I think most Americans harbored this idea that we had politicians, career politicians that went to Washington, D.C. and pillaged our country, that they really weren't going down there to help us, help the country, but really taking advantage of their position to make themselves and their families very wealthy. Like, we always suspected that, 
But what we've seen with the Hunter Biden and Joe Biden scandal is it's even more uh, uh, disgusting than we imagined. I mean, this is a guy, if, if you got a wire transfer, Chris, for $10 million, the question should be, Chris, did you invent something? Did you make a product? Was there some amazing service that you performed? That question isn't even being asked for the Bidens because we know the answer. The answer is what they did is they, they took advantage of our government system to benefit their well-connected friends and got a return for their families that was exponentially more than they deserved. Uh, and that's what was, what's been going on in D.C. That's what we've got to stop. The spending that's happening in D.C. is going to well-connected political lobbyists, supporters, and to a large extent, foreign countries that are bribing our leaders. And that what we're seeing with Biden is probably a thousand times worse than Watergate. Watergate was a bungled, idiotic robbery of, or, or, or spying of a Democrat headquarters. It ended up with a, uh, a blight on American history with the resignation of Richard Nixon. But here we have a U.S president that is clearly compromised by not one, but maybe two or three foreign countries. I don't think you can even wrap your head around thinking about a scandal like that. Yeah, Ukraine, of course, with Burisma, but there was also Romania and China also, where they received uh, millions of dollars of bribes from China. And I'm reading from our Facebook page, uh, a breaking story, the New York Times, U.S. officials search for hidden Chinese malware that could affect military operations. They're talking about malware throughout our network of our military communications that was uh, placed there by the communist Chinese. We are compromised. We have a president that's compromised, Bernie. As a candidate for U.S. Senate, uh, certainly this has to alarm you and how you think now um, you're the question is how you think Senate, the Senate and the Congress should act with the information that's coming forward. Well, Jim Jordan's the hero here. There's no question about that. Uh, this is a person who's just taking the fight on. He's showing the country what true congressional oversight looks like. If not for Jim Jordan, let's start over. If not for the House majority, we wouldn't have had the opportunity. But then Jim Jordan comes in and is holding hearings and showing the world uh, and Americans what's really going on. Uh, we have to hold these people accountable. I'm a big believer that we need to impeach uh, Jim Comey. Uh, I'm sorry, we need to impeach uh, Christopher Ray and Derek, uh, uh, Merrick Garland. These are two people that if we hold an impeachment trial, we can get even more information as to what was being withheld by them. Uh, and when we take power in 2025, uh, we have to hold people accountable because we have no choice. Uh, we can say, well, it's a waste of time. We don't want to do that. No, people, If you in America, there has to be one system of justice. If you break the law, you have to be held responsible. And uh, that's what we intend to do when we take over the levers of power in 2025, on top of all the other things we have to do, which is reverse a lot of this ridiculous policies of Biden, unleash our energy sector, uh, get our trade deals under, under control, solve the problem in Ukraine, uh, solve our border. Uh, we can do all of these things, and we will do all those things when we take over in 2025. We're talking with Bernie Marino. He is a Cleveland businessman. He's also a candidate for the U.S. Senate. Uh, Bernie, as we look what's happening with the Justice Department currently, um, this has to be alarming to you, the way that they're coming after President Trump. Uh, and it looks as if another indictment will be filed by Jack Smith, the special uh, counsel against President Trump. 
Uh, they're going anyone who stands with President Trump. They've already filed charges against them. Many of his attorneys. Uh, just making uh, life difficult for the former president, who is a candidate himself for the presidential uh, primary of 2024. Your thoughts about that? Well, it's just it's just uh, interesting, isn't it? How and ironic and sad and awful. How every time we hear a Joe Biden, Hunter Biden story that's getting worse, they immediately change the media cycle to talk about something with President Trump. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we we can look at the national media. Uh, basically, we call it the regime media because there's actually we tweeted this out, uh, reposted it. Uh, let me go there. Fifty five hundred and twenty seven minutes were covered by ABC, CBS, NBC uh, with President Trump's indictment coverage. Zero seconds for Biden, Burisma, bribery coverage. Zero. But 527 minutes of Trump indictment coverage. This is what you call the regime's um, media. It's just, it's just, it's it's, tragic. It's election, it's election interference at the highest level. It's exactly what happened in the 2020 election when we were told the Hunter Biden laptop story was fake. That it was Russian misinformation. 50 plus so-called experts told us that, and at the end of the day, the story not only was true, it was worse than we had thought. And had we known that, had that story been reported accurately, uh, Joe Biden would be retired in Delaware today. Well, there was capital crimes that were committed. And Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, posted up last week when she was on the committee showing that Hunter Biden actually violated human, human trafficking laws uh, that were divulged on the laptop. How can this be allowed that these people are not faced with the same level of uh, criminal criminality that anyone else would be. Uh, they're getting a pass. And in this instance, it's Hunter Biden. Your thoughts on that? Well, if your last name is Biden or you're well-connected uh, liberal Democrat, you have a separate justice system from all the rest of us. And if your last name is Trump, you have a justice system that is absolutely weaponized against you. Uh, that's the system that we have. Uh, I actually call it three tiers of justice system. There's the one that is all about persecuting President Trump. There's one about forgiving any crimes whatsoever about Biden, and there's the rest of the rest of the justice system for us. And that's completely wrong. We'll fix that. That's why we've got to get a reformer in uh, to run the FBI. We need a reformer in to run the Department of Justice. We got to impeach Ray, impeach Merrick Garland, find out what we really need to know so that we learn that information so we can take action come 2025. Well, Bernie, thank you so much for being my guest today. And, of course, uh, you'll be at the big event on Sunday, August 6th, with Jim Jordan and with Carrie Lake. Tell us about that at Union County again, the Summer Farm Fest at the Union County Republican Party uh, gathering. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an absolutely wonderful event. Uh, we, like you said, a free event. Uh, it's going to be a great rally. It's going to be two days before uh, the, uh, the, um, uh, the election day on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to have a, a terrific time, lots of parking, lots of people, uh, just a glorious, fantastic day. Encourage anybody who's in the area of Union County to come see it. Uh, look forward to it. We're going to have a lot of energy, a lot of fun. And again, Chris, to your listeners, the energy is on our side, but show up to vote. Absolutely. Tell folks your website where they can follow your can- candidacy and campaign. 
So it's BernieMarino.com, M-O-R-E-N-O.com, on Twitter, at Bernie Marino, also on Instagram and Facebook. And if they want to pitch in to help, they can do that on the website. We very appreciate it. We're building a grassroots campaign all over Ohio. Really proud of what we're doing. Let's change this country together. Absolutely. God bless you, my friend. You're a great patriot, and thank you for coming on today. Anytime. Thank you. And remember, folks, get out there and vote yes on Issue 1 on August 8th. Stay tuned on the other side. We'll be hearing from attorney uh, Kurt Hartman that will tell us about an important case that's been filed before the state Supreme Court. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Across Ohio, we the people are speaking out against a small minority of radical abortion activists who are trying to hijack our Ohio Constitution. They want to cement abortion without any restrictions into the Constitution. They want to abolish our parental rights. They want to handcuff our elected officials and our governor from passing and signing laws that reflect the values of we the people. We the people of Ohio are not New York and we are not California. We the people are proud of our Ohio values, faith, family, and freedom. On Tuesday, August 8th, vote yes on issue one in this special election to protect your family values and our constitution. We the people say vote yes on August 8th. We the people say vote yes on August 8th. Vote yes on August 8th. Paid for by the One Nation Under God Foundation, a tax-exempt 501c3 committee. My community means everything to me. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from, and as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The training and leadership skills I get from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people and look out for my community. If you'd like to learn how you too can serve part-time in the community you love, visit nationalguard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Early voting for Ohio's special election for issue has begun. Vote yes now or on August 8th to protect the Ohio Constitution from out-of-state pay-to-play ballot initiatives. Vote yes and say no to out-of-state special interests and protect small business owners and restaurants from crippling overregulation and minimum wage. Vote yes to protect your Second Amendment rights to self-protection for life, liberty, and the protection of bright futures for families in Ohio. Vote yes on Issue 1. Paid for by Right to Life of Greater Cincinnati. Okay, and we're back, and we're going to be talking to Attorney Kurt Hartman from Cincinnati, Ohio, who has filed a significant challenge to the abortion ballot petitions. Uh, this is the ballot uh, measure that will be on the November ballot. Well, <laughs> maybe <laughs> if uh, this challenge is successful, but it was certified by the ballot board, and we are facing down uh, a radical abortion ballot measure in November that would legalize abortion to the ninth month of pregnancy here in the state of Ohio. It would wipe out all of Ohio's pro-life laws that are currently on the books, including uh, Ohio's ban on partial birth abortion, Ohio's 20-week abortion ban, Ohio's heartbeat law, and Ohio's parental notification law. All these laws were passed over the last 30 years to protect uh, pro-life laws in Ohio. We would need to defeat the radical abortion ballot measure in November. 
You're going to be hearing more about that. But first, of course, is August 8th, and we need to vote yes on issue one that will increase the threshold to 60% for a constitutional amendment change in the state of Ohio. So the first thing we need to do is vote yes on issue one on issue one on August 8th. So get out there and vote yes on issue one on the special election of August 8th. And of course, we've been talking about that on this program. And of course, you've been hearing some of the radio ads that are embedded in our program of Get Out There and Vote Yes on Issue One from One Nation Under God Foundation, the Cincinnati Right to Life. But uh, this segment, we're going to talk about this important uh, court challenge to the abortion ballot measure itself. Uh, we know there was dishonesty in circulating of this petition. There was uh, false representation of what the ballot uh, petition stated. We actually have that on video. Uh, we'll see if there's going to be a court challenge to that, uh, because it was not truth in statement when they were asking for affidavits from voters in the state of Ohio to be approved for the ballot. Uh, they misrepresented their position. That's well documented. Uh, so we're going to talk to attorney Kurt Hartman, uh, who's representing a couple of folks, uh, former state representative Tom Brinkman is one of them, and Jennifer, uh, uh, let's see, I think her name is uh, Gross, uh, is also represented in this lawsuit. But again, this is a challenge to uh, really what is happening with this abortion ballot measure, because it's not telling the truth even as a proposed amendment on the ballot. And with me is attorney Kurt Hartman. Kurt, uh, thank you for fi filing this challenge. Oh, glad to. Glad to do what's right. It's the right thing to do. You know, this challenge actually goes to, to the honesty in terms of this uh, petition effort and what was and was not on the petition. Uh, and I think you, you accurately characterized the proposed amendment itself as very broad and uh, you know, basically an overhaul of 30-plus years of legislation in, in the state of Ohio. But what we've done is we basically said, hey, hey Ohio Supreme Court, Ohio law is clear that if you are doing a petition that you're going, wherein you're proposing a constitutional amendment, and that constitutional amendment will change any existing law, then you have to include those the text of that law in the petition itself. And it's logical, it's reasonable because you want people, you know, when they're being when they're being asked to sign a petition, they need to know what all is being involved. Not only what's the amendment going to do but also what are the implications? That is, what existing laws are going to be amended or repealed if that proposed constitutional amendment passes? And so in this case, we looked at the petitions that, you know, the proponents of, of this abortion amendment uh, were circulating, and it actually contained no, it didn't even identify, let alone contain the text of any existing statute that would be repealed. And I think you just, you know, in your, in your intro, you kind of did set forth so, just some of the statutes that would go away if this abortion amendment is adopted. And so we went to the Supreme Court, where the right, right place to file, and said, hey, this petition is invalid. The petition did not comply with the requirements of state law as to what it needed to contain. And therefore, we're asking the Ohio Supreme Court, because they did not identify, let alone include the text of any existing statute that would be repealed, we're asking the Supreme Court to say that petition is invalid, and therefore the issue cannot appear on the ballot in November. You know, we basically put them back at square one. 
Uh, but again, it, it's not a question, you know, it's, we're not getting into the merits of the issue. We're getting into the rightness or wrongness of whether or not people have to comply with the law. And it's clear the petitioners in this case did not comply with the legal requirements relative to their petition. Well, we heard so many complaints of people that eyewitness reports of falsified statements when they were circulating this petition. They actually were illegally within private property at times in in uh, department stores, uh, actually chasing women down the clothing aisle, uh, you know, in violation of laws of trespass on uh, malls and uh, places of uh, uh, business, uh, securing their signatures, very aggressive. But at the same time, they were false in their presentation. We have Marco, who's on video, with State Representative Gary Click, who basically said, oh, no, this would, uh, you know, this is basically uh, not an abortion ban. Uh, you know, it would basically, so he, he's basically falsifying his statement and presentation of the document. Of course, Representative Click was not signing, but just asking him some questions and presentation. We also learned the majority of the circulators came from outside the state of Ohio, and it was outside of the state of Ohio money pouring into Ohio that was circulating this petition to, to get on the ballot in Ohio. But, you know, we have laws in this state, and we have courts in this state, and what Representative uh, Tom Brinkman and the other representatives are doing is challenging uh, the idea that this is not really a truth and statement that voters would see in November if it stands the way it is. And, you know, Represent, uh, 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 Attorney Kurt Harbin, I remember voting through the years, long documents of proposed constitutional amendments, they have to say what it is actually going to do. And as I see it right now, the proposed amendment on the ballot is not truthful. It doesn't talk about the laws and shall repeal. I remember this many times I voted on. You know, this adoption would repeal this. That's not in the current language, is it? And that's why you're filing this lawsuit. No, no, it's not. Like I said, you're right. It's about a question of providing information that, you know, to the, to the signers, people who are look, being asked to find, sign the petition, what laws would be repealed? That The law says, you know, and that's why the General Assembly adopted that law. That the General Assembly said, hey, if you're going to propose a, a, a constitutional amendment, you got to set forth in that petition at least what, what's going to be, what laws are going to be changed. It doesn't necessarily have to be part of the amendment itself per se, but you at least need to tell it in the petition, these are the laws that are going to be changed, either amended or repealed. Because it's because basically to give information, is to make sure that, that you can avoid, you know, these misrepresentations or mischaracterizations as to an amendment. You know, some I go up to a petitioner and they want me to sign and I start asking, well, what about this law, that law? Oh, that law is not affected. Well, if I see that law in the petition telling me it's going to be changed, yeah, I know the guy's not being truthful with me. But right now, the way it was with these petitions, because they did not comply with the legal standard to set forth the text of the law that laws that are going to be changed, the, the circulators could say whatever they want and did. And, uh, you know, so, so we think we think it's clear. We think the, the right remedy is the thing's going to be thrown. It should be thrown out. It's an invalid petition because it did not comply with all the requirements of law. I'm yeah, seeing here on the, the on the Ohio Supreme Court's website that the court has granted the realtors, which is your pres presentation, uh, emergency motion to expedite. Explain that. Yeah, this is the provision in the Ohio Constitution.
Constitution, it actually says you know, for this type of challenge to a petition, the Ohio Supreme Court has what we call original and exclusive jurisdiction. That means no other court, no other official can rule on whether or not the, this petition is valid. It's solely up to the Ohio Supreme Court to determine it. So we filed, so we had to file it there. And basically, the Constitution actually says we had to file this type of complaint at no, no, or no later than 95 days before the election, which is this coming Friday, August 4th. So we filed it in time, but the Constitution also says, hey, Supreme Court, you have to make a decision on this case at least by 85 days before the election, which is August 14th. And so in order for the things, the matter to be fully presented to the court and to give the court an opportunity, that, that is some time to make a decision before its deadline of August 14th, we asked to expedite the scheduling and the briefing. They have granted it. We just filed this afternoon our evidence and our brief uh, on it. Come this Friday, the Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, and the petition committee uh, that is the proponents of this amendment will file their their memorandum and we follow another thing next monday and the court will make a ruling within a week thereafter they will make a decision on this by august 14th we're talking to attorney uh kurt hartman from cincinnati ohio a constitutional attorney who has filed a challenge at the ohio supreme court on the abortion ballot petitions uh, that uh, certified for the ballot for november as it stands currently however this court challenge could overturn all of that. That quick link is on our website at ohioca.org, or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. Uh, go to the top of the page, just under the information on uh, the special election of August 8th. Go to Ohio Supreme Court Challenge on Abortion Ballot Petitions. Click on the link, and the in uh, entire docket will come up. It is case number 0946. Uh, with the state Supreme Court. This was filed on July 28th. And today, uh, Mr. Harbin, you filed your brief already on uh, uh, the, today's date of August uh, 1st. Explain to us the argument that you made for your position before the court. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, The basic argument is, like I said before, that the state law says that the petition should have included or had to include the text of any existing statute that would be repealed or amended if their proposed constitutional amendment is adopted. So we said, your petition had none of that. And so we said it's invalid. Basically, we, we pointed to four provisions of state law, current state law, that would be repealed or amended if this constitutional amendment uh, passes. You know, first and foremost, we look at provisions of the heartbeat bill. Um, that, that basically protects you know, unborn life after six weeks uh, in the womb. You know, if, this, if this amendment goes through, you're looking at basically carte blanche abortions up to 28 weeks, and then there's enough exceptions thereafter that would basically go up to partial birth abortion. But it would get rid of the heartbeat bill. Uh, we also looked at we also identified the parental consent law, where you know if a, if a young unmarried minor girl, someone under 18 years of age, is pregnant. In order for her to get an abortion, she's got to get consent. She can get consent from her parents, and if not them, there's provisions that allow another family member to consent, or she can go to a court and get a court to authorize the consent. But it's not, she's not just simply able to go in on her own, in her own right, and get an abortion with no one in the family knowing or no court approving it. Again, if this amendment passes in November, 
that whole parental consent provision goes away. And so therefore, again, we said that's going to be repealed. They didn't put the text of that statute in the law. There's also laws that prohibit uh, a doctor from performing an abortion if if the reason for the abortion is because the baby has Down syndrome. And again, because this this proposed amendment not only grants some broad rights to, to individuals, it says even those who are aiding or assisting in the exercise of that right, that is the abortion doctors, you can't interfere with them. And so that we said, again, this, down, this prohibition against abortions because of Down syndrome would go away. Uh, you know, the final thing we said, you know, it was there's a provision for abortion even after the, the fetus is viable, very narrow exceptions. You get to the life of the mother, uh, essentially. And we said, again, this amendment goes through, that goes away. So that was only four examples. So the, because this proposed amendment is so broad, and so sweeping, both in terms of its uh, language, in terms of the definitions it uses, it is so broad and so sweeping, it will wipe away innumerable statutes that are on the books. This has been the argument from those who opposed this abortion ballot petition from the beginning. We've been saying that it would affect so many laws in the state of Ohio. We've been uh, questioning the State Attorney General and his quick approval of the uh, petition of language originally, then the ballot board uh, approving um, the the language, uh, and then uh, them circulating for petition. There's been all kinds of problems with that. So there's been issues all along with this petition that they are ramrodding this radical abortion uh, amendment proposal in Ohio. And they think they're going to exploit our laws. Well, folks, they'll be successful. Uh, but one of the things that we can do, the first thing we can do, so some of you are sitting there wringing your hands at home, uh, what you can do is get out and vote yes on issue one on August 8th. It will raise the threshold to 60% of any proposed uh, amendment to the Constitution. And, and listen, this isn't a simple law, a statute law. We're talking about an amendment to the Ohio Constitution. This is a very big deal. Uh, Attorney Hartman, I remember, you know, I've been voting since I was 18. I'm now in my mid-60s. And, you know, I remember many years going into the booth and reading at length uh, amendment proposals, what it would do, what it would repeal. If, If this doesn't include that, I would say that that's horrible. And I think that your legal challenge here is well placed and and bringing this before the next chamber uh, or the next uh, branch of government, our court, the Ohio Supreme Court, and saying, hey, this doesn't follow our laws in the state of Ohio. So explain to us what you have done in your case. And you had former State Representative Tom Brinkman, who well knows the law and the statute. I've known Tom for many years. Uh, This actually violates Ohio law. No, exactly. And that that is the whole foundation. We basically have said, kind of in our introductory remarks to the in our brief, we simply say, you know, to the justices on the Supreme Court, we're asking you to do a simple thing that is your job and your duty. Apply the law as written. We're not asking them to create new law. We're not asking them to come to with some novel legal theory. We simply say, apply the law that is written. Because the proposed on this amendment, and I think by design, did not put anything in their petition that the, requ- that the law required them to do. They wanted to keep it vague. They want to keep it very broad, ill-defined, not really show the full ramifications 
of, of, of their radical proposal. And so we basically said to the court, your job, you've always said, you know, as good conservatives, your job is simply to apply the law as written. And we're telling them that's all we want you to do. Apply the law that says you should have included the text. That's I'm reading from your brief right now where it says the law, uh, excuse me, the law this court is now called upon to apply is clear and unequivocal. Any statewide initiative petition proposing a constitutional amendment must include the text of any existing statute that would be amended or repealed if the proposed constitutional amendment is adopted. Equally clear and undisputed is the fact that the statewide initiative petition at issue herein did not identify or include the text of any existing statute whatsoever. That's a fact. I mean, folks, I'm reading it in black and white, and, and we have the abortion ballot language also on our website, so if you want to see that, we're not hiding anything from you. We're Listen, we're full disclosure at the Ohio Christian Alliance. Um, and when I say that, you know, Kurt, I want to tell you, we had uh, some Zoom calls last week. We put it out in the open. I had one with pastors with State Treasurer Robert Sprague on Issue 1, and we saw one of the liberal uh, uh, Columbus uh, reporters got on the call, <laughs> and we had to chuckle a little bit. Uh, we saw him on the call. It was for pastors. It said it was for pastors. We let him continue. We weren't saying anything in that call that we're trying to hide. And, folks, we're not the ones trying to disc- uh, to disclose from you or to hide from you. We have it all on the open. So you can see the language that's proposed on our website along with this web with this uh, challenge, legal challenge. And we also put the August 8th language in there as well uh, of the constitutional amendment increase uh, proposal. But... Kurt, uh, what I'm looking here, this is black and white. What, what's your thoughts? No, it, it is. And, and, and honestly, it's a, it kind of surprised me, but, but it, it, the facts are what the facts are. Even the petitioners have admitted to the Ohio Supreme Court that they did not include the text of any existing statutes in their petitions. That's not an issue. They agree with us. We're going to get into the legal arguments with the court now just about you know, whether or not they were obligated to do so. And if they were obligated to do so, they clearly didn't. They admit they didn't. What's the legal ramification? We believe the right uh, legal result is it doesn't go on the ballot. Your petition with the petition was invalid. Therefore, you know, I mean, in a certain sense, if it's a, a candidate running for office, right? If they don't fill that declaration of candidacy out, they're not. That petition's invalid. It's, That's right. It can't be on the ballot. You know. You don't the you the circulator statement uh, at the end of a petition. They, that's not filled out correctly. It's an invalid petition. It gets thrown out. It's just the same. It's the same. It's the same rationale, same logic. They didn't put everything on the ballot. It's got to be thrown out. Well, I could see the court also making a decision. Uh, yes, I, I agree with your premise that that it should be thrown out and and taken off the ballot, and they'd have to go back in resubmit their uh, signatures next year uh, in a proposal to get on the ballot next year, but it would have to include all of what it would repeal according to state law. I can also see, Kurt, where the the court may say, okay, that's absolutely true. Your position is correct. We're ordering that the petitioners include all the laws specified that it would repeal. But it's not just those four laws, because this language is so open-ended, there are things that could be left out. Your, your thoughts? 
Yeah, I don't think the court's probably not going to do that. I think the court's either going to say the petition is valid or the petition is not valid. And if they have the, if it's valid, it goes on the ballot, et cetera. If it's invalid, it's not on the ballot. That's really the two options. Is there, you know, what I think what you kind of suggest, kind of a middle ground, but that's not really the option the court has. You know, and if yes, if they throw it out, they say the petition's invalid, then you're correct. They would have to go back to square one and next year. And they'll do the they'll do it next year. But you know, you, your comment about yeah, how many laws are going to be repealed or changed? A lot, a lot more than the four we identified. They would have to put all of those in the petition. And think about it. You're going to get a 100-page petition. Each petition page is going to be a 100 pages. But you know why? It's that way because the proposed constitutional amendment is so broad, so liberal, so all-encompassing. It's going to change that much of the law. And if that's happening and they want to use that type of language, they want to advance such a extreme proposal that's going to change hundreds of laws, then yes, you've got to have a hundred-page petition to do it. That's their own, that's their own making. How long, how big the petition would be? That's not our fault. It's their fault because they want to basically radicalize abortion in Ohio, way with the laws for the past thirty to fifty years. That's exactly right. Well, Attorney Kurt Hartman, I want to thank you for filing this challenge before the Ohio Supreme Court. Folks, again, that link is on our website to follow this case, and it will be expedited, as the court has already announced. Uh, They have filed it on the 28th. The brief was filed today by Attorney Kurt Hartman, and uh, the court has to make a decision. Uh, We understand that's uh, August 14th. Is we're going to see a decision on this, Kurt? That is correct. That's their constitutional deadline. The Constitution says they've got to make a decision by 85 days, August 14th. All right. Well, again, we have the quick link on our website, folks, to follow the case. Uh, That's Ohio Supreme Court Challenge on Abortion Ballot Petitions. That's at Ohio Christian Alliance, or just search Ohio Christian Alliance, and you can find the quick link there. Kurt, thank you so much for being my guest today. Chris, always glad to be with you. And thank you for fighting the pro-life fight, my friend. God bless you. You too. That's Attorney Kurt Hartman from Cincinnati, Ohio, a constitutional attorney who has filed this important case. Again, you can read the whole docket there on our website at ohioca.org or just search Ohio Christian Alliance and click on the, click on the link Ohio Supreme Court Challenge on Abortion Ballot Petitions. Now listen, we have another election coming up in just about next week, and that's August 8th. And we need you to get out there and vote yes on Issue 1 that will raise the threshold of any constitutional amendment uh, change in the state of Ohio to 60%. And so we need you to get out there and vote yes on Issue 1. And please convince your family and friends to get out there and vote yes on Issue 1 as well. We do have information about it on our website at ohioca.org. We actually have a bulletin insert handout that you can click and print, and that's right on our website at ohioca.org. Thanks for listening. God bless. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. 
To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.